Hi, welcome to Claybrook Chats with Barb. As we sit here in Claybrook and chat, I will introduce you to some of my creative and interesting friends who live in a small community in Northeastern Ohio. Hopefully as we chat, you'll learn something new or educational, maybe humorous, but always positive. My goal is to have you pause at the end and say, wow, I didn't know that. And just maybe you will tell some of your friends and family about it and come back and listen to my next Claybrook chat. Talk to you later. Bye. Welcome to Claybrook Chats. Today I have the honor of chatting with Fire Chief Drabeck and Deputy Chief Rick Gorby. With the November election coming soon, they wanted to take some time to answer some of the questions that people have about the renewal of the fire levy. Well, hi. Hi, Chief Drabeck and uh, Rick Gorby, who is the Deputy Chief. I want to thank you both for stopping in today to chat with me about this uh, fire levy renewal that's coming up in the November election. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for stopping in and talking to me a little bit. Um, Let's just get to the major question that's out there. Sure. And we can get that one answered, and then we can explain a little bit more about what the fire levy is for and and how we it came about. Okay? okay. So the major question is, why do we need to pass the levy since we got so much money from the railroad? Or did we? So uh, the levy, it funds the fire department. We need that levy to pay for the day-to-day operations of the fire service. It pays to keep the lights on, replace equipment. Um, that's got normal wear and tear and for larger purchases like the truck that we ordered two years ago. Uh, we've had a fire levy for a number of years since the 80s uh, is what I'm being told. Uh, and it's just a uh, continuation of that. It's a normal thing that we do in our community and other communities do to make sure that we have those basic fire services. Uh, contrary to what some may think, there is no big chunk of money from Norfolk Southern lying around in our bank account. Uh, they paid us back for things that were just destroyed in the derailment or deemed unusual by the manufacturers. Uh, And all that did was bring us back up the status quo so that we could continue to provide the services that we do for the community as we did prior to the derailment. We still have to run the fire department and the levy has always been the way that we do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what were some of those things that you ended up having to replace? I mean, I realize you have a lot of different equipment Mm -hmm. that you use whenever you're out with fire. So, Um, For example, what did you end up having to replace and how much do those things cost? So it was quite expensive. Um, If I believe we were right around 3.2 million for what we got to replace the equipment. The the biggest thing, the biggest elephant in the room is the ladder truck. Um, Our ladder truck was deemed unusable anymore by the insurance company, several manufacturers, and several uh, mechanics that are certified to inspect emergency vehicles. Mm-hmm. It was deemed we couldn't use it anymore. Um, it would have had to gone out and had a complete, what's called a frame off restoration, which would have cost upwards of a million dollars and taken several, several years to do that. Wow. Um, not having a ladder truck, it, it affects the community in several ways. Um, primarily, it hinders us from doing our job when we need to, and it affects the ISO rating for the town which governs what people pay on their homeowner's insurance. ISO is? Uh, uh, The International Services Organization. They go out and actually we have our inspection with them this December. They come in, they go over our records, 
um, our training records, our equipment records, our maintenance records, and they look at the equipment we have, the water supply that we have, and they give a rating on it anywhere from class one up to class nine. And that determines the insurance companies use that to determine what your insurance rates are going to be. And we want that rating to be very favorable. That, correct. So our house, our homeowners insurance isn't as expensive. Correct. Good. So the ladder truck was the big one. It was mm-hmm. 2.1 million and some change. Wow. Um, and you know, that <laughs> unfortunately that's the cost, the cost yeah. of apparatus and equipment in general has just skyrocketed. Uh, there was just another uh, 7% increase from the manufacturers this past month. Wow. So that keeps going up. We were fortunate enough. I called all the different manufacturers. We were fortunate enough to find a manufacturer that had a truck um, meeting what we needed on their production line that was available for purchase. So we really didn't get to have much say in what all it had in it or on it. It's what's called a stock unit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we were able to get that piece of apparatus and get it here to the community so that we had it to use and before the inspector came to do the ISO inspection. Now, I know, how long does it take when you decide you want to buy a fire truck to put an order in? So, for example, um, prior to the derailment back in last August, um, we had shortly after I took the position, we had started talking about we needed to start replacing our fleet. Mm -hmm. It's getting up in age. Um, So you're supposed to replace those trucks every 20 to 25 years, according to the manufacturers and the NFPA and um, So, and once you get past that 25 years, you start to lose some of that credibility on the ISO rating. So two of our engines are approaching that. So we laid out a plan to do that and we met with manufacturers. We got the manufacturer that gave us the best price for the engine that we needed and we bought the truck. That truck is going to take anywhere from 36 to 48 months to come in. Yeah, basically you laid it away. Exactly, (laughs) exactly what we did. Exactly, and this fire levy plays a big role in buying that truck. Wow. So does it take them how long to make it? I mean, that that long because of the orders they have because of the orders they have and the specialization. Correct. Those things are built from the ground up. Um, Each manufacturer. Now they use interchangeable parts, of course, you know, different things, drive lines and stuff. But each manufacturer hand builds those in their factories. Um, A lot of it is supply and demand since COVID. It's still backlogging supply and demand, so it's harder for them to get stuff in. Mm-hmm. Now, besides the truck, you had to buy a lot of other stuff we did. to go along we with did. it. We did. We had right? to replace an ambulance. Um, we had to replace all of our fire gear, uh, all of our air packs. Uh, air packs alone, when you look at buying one single air pack with a face piece and with the two cylinders that you need for it, one to wear with it, one to have to exchange out, you're about $6,000 a piece. Wow. And we needed 22 of those to, to replace what we had. Oh my had. gosh. <laughs> right. Uh, our bunker gear, um, mm-hmm. that's, you know, head to toe protection that we have to have. You're about $3,000 a person for that. Mm-hmm. So we had to do all of our members. Um, and then we had to do all of the air packs. We had to replace a large complement of our fire hose. We didn't replace it all. We replaced what was on the ground or in use during that incident. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't replace everything we had. So we still have some hose that we're going to have to buy throughout the next several years. Fire hoses, you know, you have to test it every year and inevitably fire hose gets damaged. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts to break down over time. 
Um, the same with equipment. Bunker gear is only, you know, our gear is only good for 10 years. So we have to replace that every 10 years. Mm -hmm. So even though we have all new stuff now, we have to start looking at 10 years down the road. We're going to have a very big lump sum payment if we don't start buying additional as we go. Mm -hmm. So we have to do kind of a, a purchase plan for the future of how we're going to start buying additional gear so many sets every year so that we keep that rotation going so that we keep our people protected and that's the main thing is keeping people protected uh, our radios were deemed unusual we had to buy all new radios um, we didn't buy anything that wasn't recommended by the manufacturer of that piece of equipment or by the person who would fix or repair that equipment of it being unusable anymore yeah, you just didn't go wild and say, no. oh, we're going to replace everything. No, no. If it was recommended by the manufacturer and it was involved in that incident, mm -hmm. out exposed to the to whatever, um, and they said, no, you need to replace that, then that's what we did. And what we did was we purchased that. We got a hold of the manufacturer for that equipment, purchased that equipment. They sent an invoice when the equipment came in. When we got that invoice, we gave it to Norfolk Southern. Norfolk Southern cut a check for the cost of that equipment gave it to to us to the village to the mm -hmm. finance director who immediately paid the vendor for that piece okay and there is nothing else that was no bonuses no no bonuses. no bonuses okay so that kind of answers that question about a big pocket of money sure. sitting somewhere that you can draw on yeah, there it's not there okay and then other than that you're just doing business as usual correct okay correct um and the levy that we have on about how much money did does that generate a it year? Generates about $85,000, a year. Okay. And that is part of what we use for the operating expenses Correct. and to budget some of it for your, you know, like a good person at your house. If you know that you're going to have things that need to be replaced in five or 10 years, you need to put money away. Correct. For each one of those things. Yeah. And, and, and we sat down uh, shortly after I came, I sat down with Deputy Chief Gorby as he was giving me the introductions. And I asked about the department's five, 10 and 15 year plan uh, as far as where they want to see the department and, and replacements. And it was something that we didn't necessarily have set in stone yet. So we sat down and generated those five, 10 and 15 year plans for progression and growth of the department along with replacement of equipment. Oh, that's remarkable. If we went out on the street and said, um, do you have your 5, 10 and 15 year plan for your finances in place? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now everybody going, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a necessary evil. It is whenever you're running a business yeah. like this. And the, the major importance is the safety of the community. Correct. You know, so you need to be doing that. And I'm glad you are. Well, thank you. So thank we, you. I thank you on behalf of everybody out there that's listening. So, um, where does the fire department then get the rest of the money that they operate on? So the, the majority of it comes from the village in, in our budget allotment from the village. Mm -hmm. um, we, we get budgeted a certain lot of allotment of money that I have to budget throughout the year to cover fuel costs, wages, uh, ancillary equipment, um, down to buying reams of paper for the printer and computers, uh, radio equipment, pretty much everything. Uh, that encompasses that the lights the heating you know um, that's what all of that covers and maintenance on the vehicles i have to budget that out very stringently good um part of the i think we get a little bit confused sometimes as consumers out here or citizens that aren't directly involved mm -hmm. 
is the emergency medical services part of the fire department? Are you, yes. you know, they're part of your area? Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, well, they're, think of them as twins, brother okay. and sister. Um, you know, the, the fire department is, is a whole and there's, you know, two different parts of that fire and EMS. Mm-hmm. Um, we both, the majority of us function in both capacities. There are some that only function in one of those capacities and that's their choice. That's what they want to do. Um, but the emergency services is a huge portion of, of the fire department. And that's the part that most of the residents see more often. Sure. You know, they... Sure. It's it, on average, not just us, but nationwide, um, any fire department that does both, uh, 70 to 80% of their call volume or functions that they do are related to EMS. And did EMS take a, a hit from the, the the train incident? We did. We did. We took a hit from that and we had to replace equipment from the EMS side as well. Um, you know, we had to replace that ambulance and then we had to replace the equipment inside of that ambulance based on what the manufacturer said. And that equipment is very, very expensive as well. Yeah, you're talking about medical equipment Correct. there. That, yeah. Cardiac monitors and, uh, you know, the bags that we carry our equipment in, the stretcher, uh, all of that stuff. So. In a way, we're very fortunate that they did pay to replace all of those things. For yes, us. ma'am. Yes, because to go out and buy all that stuff ourselves, never would have been able to. We'd do have it. to be asking for a lot more than one point five mils. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> to do yes, that ma'am. all at one time. So, um, so we talked about the relationship between the fire department and the ambulance services. Um, has the railroad promised you any other money in the future that we need to? No, know? ma'am, and and we haven't asked for any. Um, we all we wanted, much like a lot of other departments, was to get the equipment replaced that we had damaged during the derailment, uh, and that's what we've done. Um, going back up to the the firefighters, um, tell me a little bit and tell us a little bit about what all does a firefighter have to have to be <laughs> suited up and to be ready. If a fire if the fire alarm goes off and they say there's a house fire, they have to go put special clothes sure. on and so f- air pack sometimes yeah. depending on that. first of all they have to have the willingness and the desire to do it it's okay. not for everybody um then we require the the state of ohio requires that you have a minimum of a 36 hour training class um some de- some departments follow that some do not uh, we follow that 100 mm-hmm. if you don't have this certification the minimal certification and it's very minimal Um, In my opinion, it should be a lot more. Um, But if you don't have that minimum certification, then you you can come do training. You can be a member um, because those classes aren't held consistently every month. Like there's a span, usually every quarter. Um, You can't answer a call or do anything until you have that class. Uh, And then you have to have special boots, special pants, special coat the suspenders to hold up your pants. You have to have a helmet, gloves, what's called a Nomex hood. And that's all costly things that are rated to protect us inside of a fire. Okay. So it's rather expensive just to suit up one person. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, ma'am. And then going along with your EMS members, mm-hmm. they have a lot of training yes. that they have to go through. Yes. And they have a lot of equipment then that you have to purchase and have for them too. Yes, we we constantly purchase supplies. So every time we use, uh, say we take somebody to the hospital and we have to start an IV on them or even bandage a wound of some type, 
Um, we use supplies out of our stockpile that we have at the station. And then I have a, a guy that goes through that and keeps track of those supplies. And when we hit a certain par level, he calls and orders more. And we pay for those supplies out of our budget. Um, we do, you know, we, we have the billing that comes in and we get, but we order that stuff throughout the year uh, and to make sure that we have the right equipment and the right stuff to provide the care that we need to. Yeah, just as you would in your own house. Correct. But the things that you are ordering are way a lot more expensive than what we would be buying things. <laughs> yes, they are. At our yes, own house. So um, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Oh, he pointed to you, Rick. What do you want to say? <laughs> uh, I'll let him talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think... The main thing that we wanted to get across to everybody was that there is no big additional bank account no, full of money and that this city really does or the village really does need voters to go out and vote. Yes, absolutely. And um, help us keep our fire department and our EMS services uh, as good as they are. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, the, the fire and EMS services, especially EMS throughout the country, um, is, is at a low point right now as far as membership and getting people available to work. And we're experiencing that the same as everybody else does. Um, we're working as hard as we can, as, as diligent as we can to get those numbers back up and get more people in um, to provide this kind of service that this community deserves and that I feel that we provide to the best of our ability at this time. Um, you know, so the, the levy helps us do that. And, you know, when we talk about the levy, we say to generate somewhere between eighty five and eighty six thousand dollars a year for the fire department to break that down for the person who has a hundred thousand dollar home. That's about thirty three dollars mm -hmm. a year, a year. Mm -hmm. And the levy's good for five years. And as we said, this levy's been around since the 80s. We're not increasing it. We're not doing anything but just looking to renew. it. That's not new money. It's just a renewal. <clears throat> it's just a renewal. OK. Well, I think you've answered a lot of questions. There should be some people out there saying, gee, I didn't know that, you know, especially about those air packs. Yeah. That really that mind, is mind boggling. Yeah. So my final question to you is mm -hmm. you have been on local television, national television, <laughs> international television, videoed all over the place. And you finally made it to Claybrook chats. I finally made it to the big time. <laughs> I don't ever have to be on another newscast again. <laughs> I life, have reached the apex of your life of is media. complete. <laughs> I am. I'm done. I'm good. Well, I want to thank you for coming. Well, thank and, you very much and for talking us. about this because it is a pertinent thing that mm -hmm. that you know my listeners want to be aware of. Sure. So we're going to hope, hopefully that they learn some information from this and they will go and vote in the November election. Well, in closing, the people of East Palestine have supported us well throughout the years mm -hmm. and i hope they continue yeah we we wouldn't be where we are without the members of this community and their support and we greatly appreciate that thank you i want to thank chief drabeck and deputy chief gorby for taking time to explain the need for the levy renewal the fire department and ems are so very important to our community and its future growth I'm sure some of you had several, gee, I didn't know that thoughts as you listen today. Thank you all for listening and be sure and remember to vote on November 7th, which by the way, happens to be my birthday. So happy trails to you all. <laughs>